Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the Central New York Airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome into this FizzCast exclusive, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you taking the time today. I'm your host, John Needs, and I'm joined by one of the biggest names in college basketball, not because he's a big-time player or anything, but he's a rising superstar in the world of college basketball analytics. Patrick Stacy. he was recently featured in Seth Davis's 40 Under 40 Rising Stars in Men's College Basketball. So, Patrick, thank you so much for taking the time today. Hope you're doing well. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself and give the audience a little bit of perspective on what it is that you do. Yeah, uh, thanks, John, for having me. Excited to be on the FizzCast. Um, so I run a company called Jam Basketball Intelligence, and what we do is we try to provide college teams with NBA-level scouting reports and analytics. Um, you know, in the world of basketball, it's kind of following the, the trend of baseball where, you know, numbers are becoming increasingly important. Teams, coaches, players are all valuing it. And looking at it, using it as a tool to kind of, you know, gain an advantage on their opposition and, you know, win in the transfer portal, win on the court, you know, making lineup decisions and shot selection, things like that. So what we try to do is give the coaches and players all the resources we can. There's tons of data from tons of different sources. We aggregate it, put it together and put it in a way that's easy for coaches and players to digest, to make actionable, you know, changes or strategy initiatives to optimize their program. That's a lot. And that all sounds very interesting. We're going to get into all of that. Before we do, though, I want to ask you, how did you originally get into this in the first place? So I started at Loyola Chicago. I went there. I studied finance, Um, you know, obviously played sports growing up, wanted to stay involved, reached out to the basketball program. Coach Brian Mullins, he was an assistant there under Porter Moser. He's now the head coach at Southern Illinois. And I just kind of showed him some of the work I was doing in my dorm room for fun. Um, and asked him if I could get involved with the team. We went from there, kind of grew into a nice partnership, got to sit, you know, behind the bench, behind Porter um, for three years, learned a lot, um, making kind of like lineup analysis stuff during the game, um, giving them halftime reports, pregame reports. Um, And it kind of just grew from there. And I, I took a finance job out of college, was still doing all this basketball stuff on the side, you know, finding myself on the train, going to work, coming home from work, even during lunch at work, doing basketball stuff. And I realized, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. I'd be taking days off of work to go down with Loyola to the conference tournament. You know, I'm like, Hey, I'm taking days off of a job that I'm doing to go help them do their jobs. Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. So I started this analytics company um, this past summer, you know, through a lot of connections that I had made in the past, looking for college basketball jobs and just, doing work, a lot of work for free. And, you know, I've kind of run with it from here, have a good client base of eight teams and I'm looking to grow it. So you graduated from Loyola in 2017. Of course, they had that miraculous final four run in 2018. What was that experience like being around the team and getting to, you know, kind of take all that in? Man, that was crazy. That was like the most fun month I'd say of my life, just because to appreciate really what happened there is like, Two years ago, I would be going to games with my buddies, my girlfriend. There was literally five people in the crowd. The team was, you know, just moved to the Missouri Valley. There was very limited interest. And to see it kind of explode into something where everyone knows who Sister Jean is, everybody's talking on ESPN about Loyola and the school, you know, it, it's something that I'm just proud that I got to, you know, be a little part of it. And also, you just see the impact that 
the success the basketball team has had on the school in terms of enrollment and everything, it's really brought a lot of light to Loyola Chicago. So it's definitely one of the highlights so far of, I guess I'd say my young career and life. I mean, it was a great, it, March was a great month for sure. I can attest to how much that program has grown. I was looking at, I uh, was looking at Loyola coming out of high school. A lot of people that went to my high school go there, went to a basketball game. I think it was against Northern Iowa, completely packed house, great environment, great game. Um, I'm sorry about Michigan ending that run a couple of years ago. I'm a Michigan fan on the side as well, <laughs> but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, so you mentioned a little bit before you were working kind of two jobs before you decided to go all in on the basketball analytics. So um, what was that decision like deciding to get out of that coming back to this? I know you were passionate about how hard was that decision because it was kind of a leap of faith, no, because you did have connections. You had done it before, but you're starting your own business, right? There's got to be a little bit of risk involved with that. Oh, yeah, of course. And I'm still learning as I go now, but it really came down to measuring, you know, ran the risks, risks and rewards. Um, you know, I had a lot of connections, you know, I had gotten a yes from some programs and I just really thought to myself, you know, if I go all in on this, I, I believe in what I can do. I think what I'm doing is making an impact on teams and coaches have attested to that and players will attest to that. So it was really just, it was a risk, but it was a risk I was willing to take because I'm confident in the work that I do and I'm confident kind of in the stuff that we can provide to the teams. I think it makes a, a difference and uh, it, you know, translates to wins. And as long as you're winning, then, you know, everything sails smoothly. So. So obviously the world of analytics is super broad. There's so many different directions that you could go in. What specifically do you provide to teams to help them improve and get better? So the number one thing that the teams are getting from me is scouting reports for every game. And they're, they're a good mix of strategy, you know, from a basketball perspective and analytics. So it's going to give a breakdown of each player on the team, some of their tendencies, you know, if they're better going left or right, they're better shooting off the dribble or off the catch, you know, where they like to shoot from. Um, and then maybe some notes on, you know, hey, do this. And the team is, you know, 0-5 if you hold them to this, you know, different variables that go into that. So it's going to give the coaches some bullet points, um, you know, some highlighted information of stuff to emphasize when they're you know, presenting the information to the players, because, you know, as a player, you're not going out on the court with an encyclopedia. You want to take one or two things that can help you while you're playing the game to make an impact. So the number one thing they're getting is the scouting reports. Um, I treat self scouts the same way. So they're going to know, you know, what they do well, how I would be attacking them if I was the opposition so they can make adjustments that way. Um, they're going to get shot quality analysis. So, you know, just analyzing the shots they're taking, if they're efficient, what they can do to make their offense more efficient or a player individually. Um, and then a lot of cool stuff like projecting high school player stats and analyzing the transfer portal to see, you know, what player would be a good fit with a certain team based on how they play. Interesting. Now, is a lot of that stuff mathematical or do you have to watch film and kind of do some research and things like that? Yep. So it's a healthy mix of both, um, because if it was just numbers, you know, I'm fully aware, even though I'm an analytics guy, a lot more goes into a game plan and playing the game than just numbers. You can't win a game on paper. Um, so it's a good mix of both. I am watching a good amount of film. Like I said, the, the text within the reports, it's a good mix of, you know, basketball strategy, um, and things that I see while watching film as well as, Hey, here's the numbers to back it up. Interesting. Okay. And then how do you evaluate those results after the game with what you provided on the scouting report? <clears throat> so the, the number one thing that I care about is the win loss column. I think that's really what most teams and coaches will care about. Um, but a good way to kind of gauge the effectiveness of it is going off of Vegas's lines or Ken Palm, you know, things that are predictive models of how the game's going to play out. So 
if one team was predicted to win by six points on Ken Palm, obviously we want to outperform that, you know, win by 10. Um, that would be, you know, considered a successful game. If they win by less than that, we're so happy they won. But, you know, always want to outperform what you're expected to do. Always be moving up the rankings. Always be kind of moving the ball forward as a team um, doing what we're doing. So a lot of the stuff I'm doing is based off of how frequently, you know, the teams are outperforming expectation. That's kind of how I gauge my success rate, I'd say. Okay. Now, bringing it back to a Syracuse perspective, one of your clients is Drexel. The Orange and the yep. Dragons faced off back in November. It was SU's second game of the year. So do you remember what that scouting report kind of looked like for this SU team and what kind of things Drexel was looking for going into that game? Yeah, so I have it up here right in front of me. The nice thing about some of these reports, I put some bullet points um, on the first couple pages here on some of the keys. So biggest thing they wanted to do was attack them in transition. So the best time to do that would be after they forced a miss. Defense creating offense. Um, thought they could be attacked on the offensive glass. They Syracuse, you know, obviously this was a game early in the season. They were really bad offensive re rebounding previous year. Um, and then I thought there was opportunities to facilitate out of the post and even isolation situations late in the shot clock. Obviously when you're, you know, outmatched, you want to make the game, you know, have less possession. So there's more, you know, variance in the result. Um, so those were three bullet points on offense defense. We had to stop them in transition. They're very talented in transition. Obviously they can shoot three very well. Um, force the ball out of the backcourt players' hands. Obviously, you have a lot of talent to guards. Um, and then win the battle on the glass. You know, a lot of it comes down to effort. You know, rebounding is a lot of physical and talent, but it's also a lot of effort. So just being really ready to match the intensity on the glass, win the game that way. Uh, cool fact about Buddy Bayheim here, but I don't want to give too much away about Syracuse. But one of the things that I identified is, you know, he goes ISO a lot of possessions. Syracuse averages almost a full point per possession more in ISOs when he's the one taking the shot compared to when he's passing. So really emphasizing getting the ball out of his hands, if whether it's late in the clock or he's just going ISO attacking you. Wow, that's a really advanced one, but not one that really surprises me because that's how he kind of likes to hunt his shot. When he's not getting those threes up, he likes to just back people down. And same with Jimmy, his, his brother as well. They both kind of play in similar styles in that respect. So Drexel was winning by one point at halftime to many supporters but then ended up losing yep. the second half. So what were some of your takeaways, I guess, as uh, the person that was doing the scouting reports for them and, and everything like that coming out of that game? Um, you know, obviously Syracuse made good adjustments at half. Uh, I think they actually started the second half on a decent run, but the biggest thing, and it's pretty simple, is the first half Drex was contesting their shots at a lot higher rate. You know, the second half Syracuse, I think over half their shot jumpers were uncontested. So, you know, that right there is going to make it tough to beat a team like that because they can shoot the ball that way. Um, so credit to them for the adjustments. And, you know, they got playmakers that can make plays. But, um, yeah, it was definitely a fun one to start the season. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for the time. This was a very valuable perspective and something that a lot of people, I think, don't understand as much because the game is progressing and moving forward and now it's becoming such a numbers based game. So a lot of interesting stuff in there. And I know Syracuse isn't a client of yours now, but perhaps they'll look for that in the future, right? Oh yeah, that'd be great. I, I do not have an ACC team. I only work with one team per conference. I'd love to have the orange and be my ACC team. Now, do you promote this uh, to teams? Do you actively reach out to athletic departments across the nation or how do you kind of attract new clients? Yeah. So it's a lot of phone calls, emails, making connections. Obviously I'll be down at the final four this spring trying to meet as many people as I can, but yeah, it's just, it's pretty much reaching out and word of mouth. 
um, the way I kind of separate myself from other people in the industry is they're serving a lot of teams, same conference. And I don't really see as much value when you're giving team scouting reports against each other, the same team. I, I feel like the edge is almost gone there. So I like working with one team per conference, you know, and I'm solely focused on helping them win a conference championship. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see which ACC team you get. Hopefully you do get one. Um, that, that'd be really uh, interesting to follow along with. But on that note, go ahead and plug your stuff so people can follow you and, and see more of your work. Where can they find your stuff? Yeah, the best place would be on Twitter. Um, you have a link to the website there. So jambasketballintelligence.com is the site. And then Twitter, it's at JBI Tweets. All right, Patrick, thank you so much. And thank everybody for tuning in. You can stay tuned for more Syracuse basketball coverage through the season at Orange Fizz on Twitter and orangefizz.net online. Thanks again for taking the time. We'll catch you next time.